Every single believer wants one thing and that they should meet Allah in such a way that Allah is happy with her. You see, every woman, she wants that everybody in her life should be happy with her. She wants whenever my husband meets me, he should be happy with me. Whenever my children meet me, they should be happy with me. If any neighbor, friend, in-law, family, anyone meets me, they should always meet me in a state that they're happy with me. And if it ever happens that she meets someone, and the person she meets is angry with her, upset with her, then this disturbs her greatly. Sometimes even you can find that there's a woman and there may be few days she's sad. Even she will use the word depressed, right? And you ask her that, what happened? And he said, oh, I don't know. The other day my husband came home and he just, for, for no reason whatsoever, he seemed unhappy to see me. He seemed upset with me. And I don't know what happened and he's not talking to me for two, three days. No, what happened? All that happened so far is that he appeared to be upset that when he met me, he appeared to be unhappy and upset with me. So this greatly disturbs a woman that anybody who meets me, they should always be happy with me. If anybody meets me in the slightest way, or maybe she meets a friend, so she tells her friend, you know, I met so-and-so at that gathering and she seemed a little reserved. Hmm? Then she gets suspicious, she gets some doubts, Maybe she's against me, maybe she's upset with me, maybe she heard something, and then she's disturbed now. Two, three, four days, the woman stays disturbed. Why? Because she met someone, and that person in that meeting was slightly off, slightly awkward meeting, slightly reserved. Hmm? So if it's so important to us how these meetings take place, then the most important thing is how will our meeting with Allah take place on the Day of Judgment. Hmm? Our whole life should be lived like that. That on the Day of Judgment we meet Allah in a way that Allah is pleased with us. We meet Allah in such a way on the Day of Judgment that Sayyidina Rasulullah is pleased with us. Hmm? Now, this is a very unique thing. Normally, many ulama may not talk about it so explicitly with women. But on the Day of Judgment, just like you will meet Allah SWT, if Sayyidina Allah sends His mercy on you and accepts you to be from the Ummah, you will also meet Sayyidina Rasulullah So He will be happy that, oh, this is my spiritual daughter. Hmm? Why do I say spiritual daughter? Because Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa he called his wives Ummahatul Mu'mineen. So the wives, the blessed noble wives of the blessed messenger sallallahu alayhi wa are Ummahat, Ummahatul Mu'mineen. They're mothers of the believers. So if the Ummah, if the Azwaj Mutaharat, the noble wives of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa are your mothers, 
So the husband of your mother is your father. Right? The husband of your mother is your father. So in that sense, Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam is the spiritual father of the believers. This is the real mercy that when he said this to us, that my wives are ummahat, when he declared his azwaj mutahharat to be ummahat, when he declared his honorable beloved wives to become our mothers, then it also meant he was declaring himself to be our father. So some they say, no, this is some Christian concept. No. Christian concept is that Allah Ta'ala, na'udhu billah, they believe that God is Father and Son and Holy Ghost. Na'udhu billah, may Allah Ta'ala enable us to do qadr of our iman. However, it is part of deen that Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam is our spiritual father that makes all of you his spiritual daughters. Hmm? So you should want that when Nabi Karim Wasallam meets me, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he meets me, he should be happy to meet me. He should feel that, yes, you are my true spiritual daughter. You lived your life according to my teachings as if you had heard those teachings from me. Allah Akbar. As if you had heard them from me personally. As if you were from Sahabiyat. But you didn't meet me. You weren't in my time. You weren't in my generation. You came many, many centuries later. But you lived your life so closely according to the way Allah Ta'ala set me to teach women how to live their life. So I'm happy to meet you. Allah Akbar Kabira. Can you imagine the feeling you would have at that moment? Hmm? Can you imagine the joy you would have in that moment? And then Allah SWT, meeting Allah SWT in such a way. Once Nabi Kareem Wasallam, he made dua for a particular sahabi. His name is Sayyidina Talha. Sayyidina Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And the dua he made for him was what? That, oh Allah, meet Talha on the day of judgment in such a way that he will be smiling at you and you will be smiling at him. That he will be smiling at you and you will be smiling at him. Allah Akbar Kabira. This is a special dua Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa made. We can make that same dua ourselves. Yallah, I also want to meet Allah SWT. Allah SWT, I also want to meet you in such a way that I am looking at you and smiling and you are looking at me and expressing your pleasure. Hmm? You are also looking at me and expressing your pleasure. And this is what a woman should want. So actually, the more you are focused on your relationship with the Creator, Khalik, the less you will be disturbed by the problematic relationships that are with creation. Always remember that there is every woman will be tested one way or the other. Some might be tested less, some might be tested more, but every woman will be tested through makhluk. There will be some member of creation who will give you trouble. It might be your very own husband, might be a child, might be a parent, might be an in-law, might be a relative, might be a friend, might be a neighbor. There will be some point in your life that some member of this creation will try to bring you hurt or sorrow or betrayal or disloyalty. There will be something sometime, somewhere done by someone. Now, you have two options. One is you, when that problem occurs, you can let that problem dominate your life. And then all you do is day and night think about that problem. All you do day and night is worry about that person. 
and then you let it get you so down that you fall into sorrow, despair, depression. Or, you can remain focused on your relationship with the Creator and be so focused on that that even though there might be troubles in the relationships with some people in creation, you can try your best to resolve it, to work on it, to patch it up, but sometimes there will be unresolvable troubles from creation. This is what I'm talking about. So there's nothing you can do about it. We, we, we make dua for all of you. We, we hope that Allah Ta'ala bless you, protect you, always grant you every happiness and keep you from these things. But the reality generally we know and also practically so many women write us about such things. So we have come to realize that this is clearly a way that Allah Taala is going to be testing people. Allah Taala will test people. That there will be some unresolvable problem. Some women may be given the big test which is a husband who betrays her, is mean to her, doesn't love her, isn't affectionate to her. And there's nothing she can do about it. Some women will be given another big test. They may have a child, son, daughter, teenage, young adult, who's rebellious to her, disobedient to her, neglectful of her, rude to her. And there's nothing she can do about it. Some, these are the two biggest tests. Some may have the lesser test of maybe an in-law or some family member who is upset with her or undermining her. Some may have a lesser test that there may be just some random friend, acquaintance, member of community who says things about her. Hmm? Now, if she is focusing on her relationship with Allah if her goal is focusing on that, it will help her manage and deal with these things better. And that woman whose first and foremost concern has not yet become working on her relationship with Allah then the worldly relationships will govern the emotional state of her heart. So if the relationships with creation are going well, her heart is emotionally happy. And if the relationships with creation aren't going well, her heart is emotionally sad. Whereas actually the heart, the emotions of the heart should have been reserved for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather she should have been that if my relationship with Allah ta'ala is going well, that I'm a woman of taqwa, woman of sunnah, woman of haya, woman of zikr. I'm trying to understand my deen, learning knowledge, granting ilm of deen. I'm trying to make more ibadah, improve the quality of my ibadah, learn the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm trying to adopt every form of inward haya and outward haya, inward modesty, outward modesty that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then her heart will be content and she will be emotionally happy because she knows she's working well on her relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like a woman, if she, mashallah, and I'm sure all of you, inshallah, are like this, then she knows she's being a good wife. So she, her heart gets contentment from that. She knows she's being a good wife, she's taking care of the husband, she's managing the home when he's traveling. Her heart gets content, she gets fulfillment from that. If she knows she's being a good mother, she's trying her best to take care of the children, see to their needs, see to their tarbiyah, raise them with the love for Allah Ta'ala and love for Sayyidina Rasulullah in their hearts, she will get fulfillment from that. Just like that, that woman who is working hard in her relationship with Allah she will get a fulfillment in her heart. Now, any person's heart, if they get one fulfillment, then they won't be, if their heart is fulfilled with their relationship with their Creator, they won't be as sad. You will still be sad, 
but it won't lead to depression and despair if there's any relationship with creation that is unfulfilling. Maybe unfulfilling relationship with spouse, unfulfilling relationship with children, unfulfilling relationship with parents. But if your relationship with Allah is fulfilling, satisfying, it's going well, you won't feel the pain of that problem so much. And that is what Allah means when He says sabr. Sabr means patience, but sabr also means endurance. Sabr also means fortitude. Sabr also means perseverance. So it means to patiently bear the problems from creation while persevering and remaining steadfast in your relationship with the Creator. You have to do both. And in fact, if you, I say it the other way, it will make it even more clear to persevere and remain steadfast in your relationship with the Creator so that the problematic relationships with creation don't affect you, don't bring you down. That's called sabr. That's called sabr. But for this to happen, a person has to have this feeling in their heart. Hmm? So this is how Allah Subhanahu described it in Quran, فَمَنْ كَانَ رَبِّهِ That every person who always كَانَ يَرْجُو Kana in Arabic comes when it comes in a verb for always. So that person who is always hopeful and yearning to meet their Rabb. That's all their heart thinks about is the meeting with their Rabb. Lika al-Rabbihi. Lika is the meeting. Rabbihi is their Rabb. All the time. This is all the time in their heart. So then what will they do? فَيَعْمَلْ amalan saliha. So therefore they will then practice all the good deeds, righteous acts, good character, good worship, good zikr, good haya, good taqwa. وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ ahada. Literally it means they will not associate any partners in any single one as their partner, as the partner in their worship with their Rabb. Okay, that's one meaning that obviously they want to share, they won't worship anyone except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It can also mean that when they have this yearning and hope to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in that passion and love and yearning they're constantly striving on good deeds and good character and good feelings then nothing can come in their way in their relationship with their Rabb nothing can come in their way in their relationship with their Rabb it means she becomes a single-minded woman it means she becomes a woman with purpose. It means she becomes a woman with resolve. Hmm? So, uh, and this is how she will be fulfilled. As long as she knows, as long as she's practicing what she knows, amal saleh and she's doing everything solely, exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the ups and downs in her dunya do not cause ups and downs in her deen. وَلَا يُشْرِكْ The ups and downs in her dunyas, the dunya does not cause ups and downs in her deen, then her heart will be fulfilled and she will be happy and excited to know that inshallah ta'ala she, when she meets her Rabb on the Day of Judgment, Allah ta'ala will be happy with her and she will be happy with him. So this requires a change. This requires a change in the heart. This requires a change in the way we perceive our life. Then Allah Ta'ala in another different verse of Quran He gave the other side of it that there on the other hand there are going to be some other people 
That from the people there are going to be some who take andada rivals in their heart mindunillah. Other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yuhibbunahum kahubbillah and they will love those things the way they were supposed to love Allah. They will love those things the way they were supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So normally it means that the person who originally meant that these people were mushrikeen and they would take idols. But this verse is more broad. For believers it means that they will have some love for creation in their heart. Maybe love for a friend, love for a cousin, love for good looks, love for beauty, love for materialism, love for wealth, love of luxuries, love for comfort. They will have some other love in their heart. And they will love that other beloved the way they were supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as they should have loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar Kabira. So what does it mean? When they love them the way they should have loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's ajeeb Allah ta'ala said, yuhibbunahum kahubbillah. They will love them the way Allah should be loved. They will give them the love which is the love for Allah. Hubbillah. Why? It's the same thing. That all of their life will be for them. All of their passion will be for them. All their joys and pleasure will be for them. All of their fulfillment will lie in them. Any sadness and despair and sorrow will be in disappointing them, becoming distant from them, becoming separated from them. False love. False love. So if a woman takes so much contentment, fulfillment, joy, happiness and pleasure from her house, from her home, from the furnishings, from the decorations. Hmm? And I, I, those of you who were there yesterday in Mayfair, this was a topic I spoke about, that women in this country have a problem. And it's not because Allah Ta'ala has blessed them. Allah Ta'ala can bless you with all the wealth in the world. You don't have to have this problem. But some people who get blessed with wealth, they have a problem as they start enjoying that wealth. They get attracted to that wealth. They're fond of that luxury. Now, if your fondness and enjoyment and pleasure lies in the luxuries of this world, understand that you will no longer be able to have fondness and pleasure and attraction for the luxuries of deen. The hajjud is luxury of deen. Hmm? Extra zikr is luxury of deen. Daily recitation of Quran is luxury of deen. Being able to feel feelings of ecstasy, love, remembrance for Allah Ta'ala in every salah and every sujood is the luxuries of deen. If you're too busy enjoying the luxuries of dunya, you will find it more difficult. Maybe not impossible, but more difficult. Maybe not never, but more rare. You will find it more difficult and it will happen more rarely that you will enjoy the luxuries and pleasures of deen. Because you're so busy enjoying the luxuries of dunya. They are fond of those things the way they were supposed to be fond to Allah Ta'ala, of Allah Ta'ala. They are attached to those things the way they were supposed to be attached to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Hmm? So much comfort, so much fondness, so much attachment. And another way to look at this is if they are deprived of those things even in the slightest if they are deprived, even in the slightest, they will go into an episode of sadness for days and weeks. So let's say, mashallah, there's a woman, Allah has blessed her, and she has everything that 
anyone would need for reasonable comfort, then she has beyond reasonable comfort, she has luxurious comforts, and one day she's going somewhere, and again, may Allah Ta'ala keep all of you in his hifazah always, but let's say somebody steals one watch from her, alright, now she is a woman who master she can afford a hundred such watches, but she's so attached to that watch, she is now sad. She's in a state of sadness and sorrow. One thing is the separate, the shock about being robbed. That's acceptable in being. Right? That's a different thing. But the attachment to that material item, whether it's a watch or a necklace or a phone, and if they feel sad and they miss it, they were so fond of those things the way they were supposed to be fond of. Allah What does it mean? So that same woman, maybe she missed Fajr one day. So she missed something on her deen. It was stolen. She stole a part of her deen from herself. But she didn't feel sad for days. Somebody stole her watch. At loss of a watch, she can be sad. At loss of a Fajr, she's not sad. They're so in love and attached to those things. Actually, that's the way they were supposed to be in love with Allah Ta'ala and that's how attached they were supposed to be to this deen, to Sirat al-Mustaqeem, to the path that leads to and connects them to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. This is a way to test. Hmm? And do I have the right feelings in my heart? Do I have the wrong feelings in my heart? Then, if someone from creation betrays them, somebody from creation is disloyal to them. Hmm? Again, may Allah subhanahu wa protect each and every one of you from any and every betrayal and disloyalty. And it hurts. It hurts like anything. And if you ever, and again, may Allah subhanahu wa protect all of you, but if any woman has ever suffered from the big betrayal, the big disloyalty, which is the betrayal disloyalty of the spouse, it hurts like anything. But at the same time, if she has betrayed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, she's been disloyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how... So that man, husband, betrayed her, disloyal to her. How? He allowed himself to be attracted to the beauty of another woman. He allowed himself to become attracted to the beauty of another woman. This was betrayal and disloyalty. But does not the woman herself betray Allah Ta'ala? Is she not disloyal to Allah Ta'ala if she doesn't observe the full Islamic dress? And therefore she allows other men to be attracted to her beauty. Didn't she betray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When Allah ta'ala told the women they should cover and conceal, Allah ta'ala told the women that they should cover all of their beauty, except that which is apparent, which is their hands and feet, that they should draw their jalabib, their robes and cloaks around them, that they should draw their khimar, their headscarves over them. And then third, they should cover all that remains of their beauty. After wearing khimar, yani hijab, after wearing jilbab, yani abaya, then third thing was to cover what remains of your beauty. So what remains of the beauty when a woman is wearing abaya and hijab? What remains of the beauty is her face. So cover what remains of your beauty, your face, and leave exposed that which is zahir, your hands and feet. But she didn't do it, right? So Allah Ta'ala was your true lover. Yes, Allah Ta'ala is your lover. If He gave you iman, it's because He loves you. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbunahu. Yuhibbuhum, Allah Ta'ala loves the believers. 
So if you have iman, it's because Allah Ta'ala loves you. And that Allah Ta'ala who loves you, He told you for His sake, not for any other reason, not for worldly oppression, not for discomfort, not for any other reason, purely for His sake and out of love and loyalty to Him, you should cover and conceal. And if you didn't, you betrayed Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You were disloyal to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So shouldn't we feel that also? Shouldn't we feel the sadness and sorrow at that betrayal and disloyalty? Hmm? And is, is not that indeed a greater betrayal and disloyalty than when the creation betrays a creator? Isn't that greater than when one member of creation betrays another member of creation? Hmm? So it's very important that all of these feelings that women have, which you should have, which is your self-respect, your dignity, you don't want anybody to betray you, be disloyal to you. But you must have the same relationship with Allah SWT. You must have the same strong, passionate feelings for your relationship with Allah SWT. Now I know that for South African women, these are two of the most difficult things for them to hear. Number one is for them to hear that their luxuries have impacted their deen. Because they insist that no, no, no matter how luxurious a life we live, look, we still wear hijab and we still have ibaya and we still go on umrah and we still give charity. Yes, no doubt, alhamdulillah, many of you are like that. Many of you are like that. That despite your luxuries, you have maintained the outward form of deen. But I want you to understand clearly, and this is something that you can only understand and learn on this path of tasawwuf and tazkiyah, that when you enjoy, when you enjoy and indulge in the materialistic luxuries of this world, when you become fond of and become attached to the materialistic luxuries of the world, while you may be able to maintain the outward forms and acts of deen, you will definitely lose some of the inner feelings and passions for deen. Your passion will be dampened because you've now given some of your passion over to dunya. Your passion will be dampened your salah will be dampened. Your dua will be dampened. Hmm? Your concern for the poor will be dampened. So this comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. Don't think you haven't paid it. And the second thing that's difficult to hear is this teaching about wearing niqab, about concealing your face. But this will make you beautiful to Allah SWT. This will make you beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, this will make you beautiful and beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And mashallah, you know, we have uh, the fazl and karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have women students living in those western countries where it's very difficult to do niqab. I have white German, white Norwegian converts living in those European countries which are extremely anti-niqab. But they wear it. And they have to deal with stares and they have to deal with discrimination. Sometimes somebody says something mean to them. And they do it. And you are living in this, mashallah, Deobandi, Gujarati, haven that you call Johannesburg. Huh? It's the easiest, one of the easiest places in the world to do niqab. Hmm? You should think. Huh? You should reflect. You should be together of the values Allah SWT has given you. Really the amount of deen that should be there in this country should be so much more. You know, Allah Ta'ala has blessed you people with so much of this dunya 
you should have done more on Deen. But you can see in this world it doesn't happen. Just look at this, this, this Gulf countries and the royal families and Allah Ta'ala blesses them with so much Deen, dunya. But it doesn't increase them in their Deen. Hmm? So some micro level effect of that happens over here also. You should have been the strongest on Deen. It's the easiest for you people to follow Deen. Hmm? So you must be firm and steadfast. You must try to do more. You must try to please Allah Subhanahu Not everything in deen is about technicality and legality. Oh, I heard somewhere that niqab is not fard, it's wajib. What does that mean to you? All you had, the other woman should respond, I don't know anything about that. All I heard is that Allah Ta'ala will love me more if I do it. That's it, that's all I needed to know. Now if the jurist put the tag of farz on it, some jurist put the tag of wajib on it, what difference does the tag make to me? Hmm? So this is a good example for you. Huh? When you go shopping and you like something, it doesn't matter what the price tag says. Huh? Then you don't look at what the tag says. You say, no, I like this. I like it. Hmm? So just like that, you don't always have to look at the way the muftis and jurists have tagged things. If you know that Allah Ta'ala loves it for you, Allah Ta'ala has selected it for you, Allah Ta'ala wishes it for you, it's enough for you. That's enough for you. So one is to adopt some simplicity in your life. Second is to adopt more haya, outward but also inward modesty. Because another thing that happens is that some people, they get involved in inward sin. What does it mean that a woman gets involved in a false love? In such a way that her heart becomes overwhelmed with with that love of creation. All day and all night she's thinking about him. All day, all night she wants to talk to that person on the phone. She wants to meet that person. She wants to have messages with that person. This is also a type of shirk. This is also yuhibbunahum kuhubbillah. That she has that romantic love with the same longing and yearning and passion, desire. That's how she was supposed to love Allah Ta'ala. She was supposed to be thinking about Allah SWT all day and night. She was supposed to be missing Allah SWT all day and night. She was supposed to be yearning for Allah SWT all day and night. Why is she yearning for this creation all day and night? Hmm? And actually, this is the type of shirk that we do. Alhamdulillah Ta'ala, there's not believers who go and do sajda to idols and statues, but believers today are guilty of what the ulama call shirk khafi. Khafi means the hidden shirk, secret shirk, the shirk of their heart, that they have put in their heart the false idols of love for the world, or love for materialistic luxuries, or love for mehram, or love for fame, or love for self. The more the heart becomes filled with all of these other loves, with these loves of Ghairullah, then the true love for Allah Ta'ala will flee that heart. Because it will see, يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ That this person loves all those other things the way they were supposed to love Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The way they were supposed to love Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And then you will see that when some woman, she makes this wrong decision, this decision leads to destruction. Let me tell you, from all the cases we've ever had, this decision leads to destruction because always remember your only true lover is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. True loyalty you can get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From Sahaba, from Awliya. That's true loyalty. 
You will not get true loyalty from this creation that you let your heart fall for them. And then sure enough, after some time there will be some breakup. Then the woman will be sitting, she will be crying, she will be shedding tears. Even then they say, oh I want to commit suicide. What does it mean commit suicide? It means she was so attached to that creation, she can't imagine life without that creation. Yuhibbunahum kahubbillah, that's how you're supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa I can't imagine a life without my Allah subhanahu wa I can't imagine life without my haya. I can't imagine life without zikr. I can't imagine life without taqwa. How could you say that about this person? I can't imagine life without this person. Hmm? When you chase the false, unlawful, haram, romantic loves of creation, it's like running after your shadow. You will never ever be able to catch it. Never be able to catch it. It's important that, okay, I know, obviously, not many of you may be in this, but you must understand this, because you don't explain this properly to your daughters. You don't explain it properly to your nieces. You don't explain it properly to your friends. You know these stories, you know these cases. You can't expect the traveling Messiah to solve all of this. I'm training you today to understand this, but you must share and spread these teachings. You must go out there and tell the women that this is the love you were supposed to give Allah SWT. This was the loyalty passion you were supposed to give Allah SWT. You must learn to explain it to them. All you know to do is backbite them in your kitchen and gossip about these affairs. What's the benefit in that? Hmm? But this is the fitna in the society. You have a small percentage of women who are involved in haram affairs and the rest, all they know is to do gossiping and rumoring about those women. It's a fitna. You should learn this love for Allah Taala. You must spread this. You should blame yourself. It's my fault. I didn't share with that girl the love for Allah Taala. I didn't spread the love for Allah Taala in her heart because I didn't connect her to Allah She fell for love for creation. That's how you should think. Instead of constant gossiping, rumoring, wondering. Hmm? And all of you know, it's not that just I know, all of you know the situation of your community. It's, it's even worse. <laughs> I, I, I could not find words to explain to you. Those words are unspeakable. I would be embarrassed to tell you explicitly how bad things have become. Hmm? You have to go out there. There's only so much I can do. It's the job of those women who Allah has protected them from these false loves that they must now... This itself is a mercy you should think that Ya Rabbi Kareem, you're so kind to me, you protected me from false love, but still I'm lazy in my true love with you. Hmm? This first problem you have. So if Allah Ta'ala has been out of His kindness and mercy protected you from the false love, you should go deep into the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should go deep into this path of awliya. You should go deep into the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should go so deep such that you become the mad, passionate lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such that this world and all that it contains means nothing to you. Such that you have no attraction, fondness, attachment to any materialistic thing in this world. Then when you get that love for Allah on your heart, then you must spread it in the hearts of all of the women in this community. Only then will there be some change. But you don't do that. So even those of you who Allah Ta'ala has blessed, from the, blessed and has protected them from the false love, you're still guilty for not having the true love as much as you ha- should have and not spreading that true love to others so that they would have also been protected from the false love. 
So it's like the fire. You know, this false love is like a fire. Imagine if there are fires lit around in the community. Hmm? This like a fire burns in the hearts of the people who get this illness. Hmm? They get this illness in their heart. And they get this illness in their heart and they do crazy things. They do crazy things. Hmm? They lie, they cover up, they cry secretly in the room, they make excuses, they run away, they can do anything. Hmm? So you should have been spreading the nur of the love for Allah SWT. You should have been guiding the women of this community to have the true love for Allah SWT. Hmm? Then if you do that, and if you can live your life trying to get that love, and then spend your life trying to share and spread that love, then when you meet Allah SWT on the Day of Judgment, then Allah Ta'ala will meet you like a friend, a wali. You will become his waliya, and he will be your wali. That's how you will meet Allah SWT. Alright, so you must get the ilm of deen, you must get knowledge of deen, you must learn Quran al-Kareem, you must learn the sunnah and seerah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. you must keep trying to do amal on that ilm, practice that knowledge, you must try to get the feelings of Quran, the feelings of sunnah, you must connect your hearts and your lives to ulama, mashayikh, awliya, you must get those feelings in your heart, and when you get those feelings in your heart, you must share and spread those feelings to others. It's the only reason we travel to your country. The only interest we have in giving you bayan is this. We hope and we pray desperately that may Allah Ta'ala rise from, uh, raise from this community such women who are willing to give their hearts entirely to Him. Such women who are willing to view the entire dunya and all of its comforts and luxuries and everything that it contains as but a speck of dust who want to live their life for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who want to learn deen, live deen, share deen, spread deen. It's up to the women of this community to do it. It's up to the women of this community to do it. And then you will become the true lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But to do that, you have to make some sacrifice. You have to make some sacrifice. There's another problem. That the women in South Africa, rarely they want to do anything in deen that requires some sacrifice. They only want that deen that comes comfortably to them while they stay in their comfort zone. Hmm? They want everything in their life to remain the same. And along with that, whatever deen, deen is like a garnish. That's how I can explain it to you. Their whole life, dunya, setup, homemaking, housewife, that's become their identity. I keep telling you over and over, being a housewife is not your personality. Being a homemaker is not your passion. You must take care of your home and house to the extent required to have reasonable comfort. And so husband and children are happy. But this isn't your job. This isn't your passion. This isn't your pleasure. That you can spend hours and hours in the kitchen and every baking, every cooking, every savory. Huh? You need to move on. You need to move on. <laughs> That's what children do. My 11 year old is baking class. Huh? I know there are people in your youth, the people in their 20s and 30s and 40s, full fledged adult mature women who should be coming the Zakira, Abida, woman of this world. What's she doing in baking class? Hmm? That's not any accomplishment and achievement in this world. 
That's not why Allah Ta'ala gives you life and existence. You need to get busy on your deen. You need to get moving on your deen. You need to learn new recipes and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to taste new flavors of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? The dunya is the garnish. All of your housekeeping, homemaking, every single possession you have is just a garnish in your life. The asal, the main thing in your life is deen, is your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You baby, some of you may have to completely upend the way you think of this life. Allah Akbar Kabira. Hmm? Which you will enjoy. Believe me, I have yakin. I'm calling you away from something that is lesser, dunya, and I'm calling you to something that is far greater, it's called deen. That's why we're speaking to you so forcefully. Because I want you to get something better. I want you to get those tastes, those flavors. Hmm? Then you will, you will savor it. You will relish it. You will enjoy it. Then you will pray salah. You will taste it. Then the aftertaste of Zohar should last you till Asr. Learn the recipe to pray Zohar like that. That you tasted so much that the aftertaste lasts you till Asr. That's the recipe you need to work on. That's called the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's called the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? If you can make that intention today, all begins by simply making tawbah and making irada. Simply making tawbah and making irada. That we repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just from sin. Yes, certainly there may be many of us who today are sinners. So we repent to Allah Ta'ala, seek His forgiveness for sinning. And Ya Allah Rabbi Kareem, we also ask Your forgiveness for all the time we wasted, all the opportunities we missed. Ya Rabbi Kareem, I look back in my life, maybe in my 30s, I'm in my 40s. If I spent the last 4, 5, 10 years of my life working on my salah, learning the ilm of deen, learning the hadith and sunnah, practicing the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, listening to the bayans of mashayikh, I would have been such a different person by now. I could have been such a different person by now. But it's never too late. You just have to express this regret to Allah SWT. That's called Tawbah. Express this regret to Allah SWT, this remorse to Allah Ta'ala. And then we follow up that Tawbah with an Irada. Irada means Niyya, Irada, intention, will, resolve for the future. The Hirab became, from now on, I don't. I, I'm, I'm done with the dunya. From now on, I want to be yours. I want my heart to be yours. I want my life to be yours. I want my passions to be for you. My pleasures to be derived from you. I want my contentment to be from you. You have to make that irada to Allah Taala. When you turn to Allah Taala like that, then Allah Taala will send the nur of His hidayah on your heart, the nur of His rahmah makra on your heart. He will take out all the unlawful feelings from the heart. He will fill that heart with the true feelings of love for Him, love for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, love for Quran, love for Deen. But you must present yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And traditionally this was done by presenting yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by connecting your heart to a shaykh in line of Messiah, with this intention that, Ya Rabbi Kareem, I want to change. And I make a firm resolve, the word bear in Arabic and English it means, Firm, resolve, commitment, deep desire and intention of Tawbah and of Irada for the future. 
that from now on I want my entire life to be entirely pleasing to you. I want to entirely follow the entire sunnah and the entire sharia. And I want to try to make my heart entirely pure. Tazkiyah. Yad up to make myself firm on this intention. I'm making a resolve, commitment bear to you with a shaykh in line of mashaykh that by listening to their beyans, listening to their teachings and trying to practice them in my life by being instructed and guided in some zikr and ibadah so that I may remember you more in my life. I have hope, Ya Rabbi Kareem, that by following the teachings of tazkiyah, the practices of zikr, that my heart will also become full of love for you. This is the niyat that we want you to make today. Listen then carefully to the zikr that our Mashaik teach. So number one, number one task is you must listen to bayan. Like you came today, mashallah, may Allah reward you for coming. There are other bayanat on the website. Many of you have been with us before. You met my wife also, hopefully many of you, when she gave programs here in Greenside and Ramadan or after Ramadan, I don't remember. So there's a way for you to connect for you to join a community of fellow women seekers on this path, to learn from other women who have been traveling this path before you, to help others who are traveling the path with you. So for that one thing, we have the website, the, other, our, the women here will explain it to you. Right, you go to islamicspirituality.org, you can listen to the programs, bounds on different topics there. You listen, learn and practice. Listen, learn and practice. Listen, learn and practice. Then my wife has her online community of women for learning tafsir, hadith, Islamic spirituality, courses that you can take from your own home at your own pace. Again, same thing there. Listen, learn, and practice. So when you model your life according to these teachings of Quran and Sunnah. And then the second thing is to practice some individual zikr. Zikr is the act of love. Zikr is the means of love. Zikr is the way to increase love. Zikr is the way that you get this feeling of yearning and longing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Zikr will be the way you get the feeling of missing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have to have some practice of zikr. Our Mashaik, they teach a very simple daily regimen of zikr. Number one, every day you should recite Qur'an. Those women who are able, they should try to recite one juz of Qur'an a day. Those women who have a lot of other things to do, occupations, work, many children, they should try to recite half a juz a day. If some woman feels she can't even begin at half a juz, half a sipara, then she should recite something every day and then over time gradually increase it until it reaches half a juz. So first thing is recitation of Qur'an. Second is hundred times istighfar. Astaghfirullah Rabbi min kulli dhanbin wa atubu ilayh And to do it with a remorseful heart, penitent heart, turn to Allah Ta'ala asking forgiveness for sins but also for ghafla. Third is to recite salutations and blessings, salawat and drudshif on Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hundred times a day. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Fourth, is that you should try in your heart always to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a very important practice. In Arabic it's called wukufi qalbi. Wukufi qalbi. And this mashallah, if women can train themselves in this, women have been programmed with the ability that they can dwell upon something day and night. They can keep remembering, recollecting something day and night. It's part of their emotional capability. It's, it's a power in you. It's not a weakness in you. Never think that emotion, being emotional is a weakness. 
Being emotional is a strength when those emotions are for Allah Ta'ala. Being emotional is a weakness when those emotions are for creation. So use your emotions to be strong and have this emotion for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that you're always remembering Him, always aware of Him, always reflecting upon Him, always pondering upon Him, that the recollection of Him always dwells in your heart. This is called Bukuf Kalbi. So the way you will practice this is that you constantly turn to your heart, turn your heart to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, remind your heart of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala all the time. Start with the beginning of every activity, end of every activity. Then try during the activity. Then throughout every activity, you try to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You try to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Simply means, feel feelings from in your heart. Feeling of love, feeling of fear, feeling of sugar, feeling of tawakkul, reliance, trust, feeling of awareness. You simply feel feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the time in your heart. Right? This is called wakuf al-kalbi. And the fifth and final zikr that our Mashaik teach that a person should do every day it means to remember Allah Ta'ala exclusively. To remember Allah Ta'ala only. To sit down for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Once a day or twice a day. With this intention that, Ya Allah, I want to forget everything in this world. I want to forget my life, myself, my thoughts, my concerns. I want to forget everything and I want to lose myself in your zikr. I want to lose myself in remembrance of you. In Arabic, this is called muraqaba. Muraqaba. Silent zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name from your heart. So when you lose yourself in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, you won't say anything with your tongue. You will simply sit and make this intention that my heart, not the physical heart that pumps blood, your spiritual heart, the heart of my ruh, is making zikr of Allah's name. That my heart is silently, lovingly, longingly making zikr of Allah's name. As if my heart is silently reciting Allah, Allah, Allah. And you just repeat that silent recitation. Nothing with your tongue. You simply sit with this intention and you lose all awareness of everything else. The only thing you remain aware of is that your heart is reciting Allah Ta'ala's name. So you practice this. This will take practice. Alright? You'll have to do it 10, 15, 20 minutes a day for 10, 15, 20 days just to get the hang of it. Then you'll have to do it for a few more weeks to start getting the feel of it. So you're in it for the long term. So this is a long term zikr that you'll practice. 10, 15, 20 minutes a day Muraqabah. Inshallah Ta'ala if you practice these five zikr with this intention that you want to become closer to Allah Ta'ala, you want to love Allah Ta'ala and then you listen to the bayans and you follow the guidance and guidelines about how to make our life full of more taqwa, more sunnah, more haya, more sharia. If you start doing these two things, inshallah ta'ala, you yourself will feel in your heart that your heart is more inclined towards Allah ta'ala, less inclined towards the dunya. Your heart feels more passion and enjoyment and pleasure from deen and less passion, enjoyment and pleasure from dunya. Your heart is more concerned with your relationship with Allah ta'ala, your creator. Now it's less concerned about the troubles and problems from creation. You will experience it yourself, but you have to go through this process in order to see that progress. May Allah Ta'ala accept each and every one of you. May Allah Ta'ala protect all of you. May Allah Ta'ala make each and every one of you from his salihat, mu'minat, from the dhakirat, mu'minat, wa akhiru da'wana, an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.
Before we make du'a, we will practice the short silent zikr of muraqaba. And before that, those women who want to make that intention of tawbah and irada on this day, of bayat and sulsna on this day, that they want to connect their heart to this program, to shaykh and line of mashaykh, and they want to learn and practice these teachings, and learn and practice the zikr, so you make that intention in your heart. I will recite some sentences of iman and istighfar that you will repeat after me. So make intention in your heart, Ya Rabbi Kareem, I ask your forgiveness for all the sins that I ever did, all the neglect I ever had, all the laziness I had, all the times I took pleasure and passion from dunya instead of taking pleasure and passion from you, all the times I attached my heart to dunya instead of attaching my heart to you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, but now I want to make a change. I have irada, Ya Rabbi. I have a wish, Ya Rabbi, that from now on my life should be lived for your pleasure, to follow the sunnah of your blessed messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I want to pure on my heart, yet up to make myself firm on this resolve, I'm taking a bear to you, Allah Ta'ala, with a shaykh and line of mashaykh, that by connecting myself to them, practicing their teachings, following this path of zikr, I hope, Ya Rabbi, that you will fill my heart with love for you. May Allah Ta'ala accept this from us and grant us success in this mission. Before we make dua, spend a few moments in Muraqaba. Close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from the world and all that it contains. Forget yourself and your life and all that it contains. Make need that, Ya Rabb, now I want to remember you and only you. My whole heart is just for you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, I'm withdrawing from everything deep into my batin, deep into my ruh, into the heart of my ruh, and turning my entire heart towards you. And I make need that my heart is remembering you. Ya Allah, you said in Quran, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ That if I made zikr of you, you would make zikr of me. Ya Allah, I ask that you remember me in this moment. Send the nur of your hidayah on my heart. Send the nur of your rahmah on my heart. Soften my heart towards the deen. Fill my heart with your love. Purify my heart of its ills. And I make near that my heart is making zikr of your name. That my heart is lovingly, longingly, silently reciting your name. That my qalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Megdua subhanallah bil alamahum Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa mubarik wa sallim Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam takfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin Rabbi gfir warhamma anta khairul rahimin Ya Allah, Ya Bikrim, we are weak, sinning servants and slaves. We want to turn our heart to you. We want to fill our heart with love for you. Ya Bikrim, we became stuck in the dunya, entangled with creation. Ya Bikrim, we have been your weak servants and slaves. We were disloyal, Ya Rabb. We betrayed you, Ya Rabb. We had got our passions for Allah. We had passions for other than you. We had longing for other than you. We had yearning for other than you. Ya Bikrim, we enjoyed every 
enjoyment of this world, still we have not been learned to enjoy the enjoyment of Salah. We make Tawbah, Ya Rabbi We turn to you on this day and ask you to send your mercy on us, send your forgiveness on us, send your karm and fuzzle on us, accept us for this path, Ya Rabbi Make each and every one of us from the Salihin and Salihat. Make us from the Zakirin and Zakirat. Ya Rabbi fill our heart with the true love for you, burning love for you. Make our heart only fulfilled by this love for you. Help us to spread this love for you. Let it be clear we make dua for all of the women in this ummah, those who have forgotten you, those who are distant from you, those who have been stuck in creation, those who have been deceived by creation. Let it be clear rescue them, Ya Rabb, rescue them from every romantic lust. Rescue them from every unlawful love. Rescue them from every delusion. Let a bikrim send your hidayah on their heart again. Send your nur on their heart again. Let it connect them back to you, Ya Bikrim. Ya Allah, we ask that you raise from these women such women who will be your ushak, Ya Rabb, your muhibbin, Ya Rabb, your mahbubin, Ya Rabb. Raise from them, Ya Rabb, the zakirat of this ummah, the salihat of this ummah. Raise from them, Ya Bikrim, those who understand the deen in this ummah. Let it guide them in learning Quran, guide them in learning the sunnah, guide them in learning the sharia, help them, Ya Rabb, guide them, Ya Rabb, forgive us when we go astray, remind us when we forget, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us firm on deen, steadfast on deen, strong on deen, passionate in deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem, you've granted us so many bounties and blessings of dunya, Ya Rabbi, grant us the bounties and blessings of deen, Ya Rabbi, grant us the bounties and blessings of akhirah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us rich in deen, strong in deen, steadfast in deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask that those of us who you blessed with outer reality, outer form of deen, grant us the inward reality of deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we are ashamed, Ya Rabb, of this hypocritical life, that outwardly we appear to be your lover, but inwardly, Ya Rabb, our hearts are still empty. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us the inward truth of deen, the inward reality of deen, grant us a heart of deen, and a life upon deen. Ya Allah, we ask that you bless and honor all these women, that you safeguard and preserve all of them. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant them happiness in their homes, happiness in their married lives, soften the hearts of the husband, Ya Rabb, guide the hearts of the husbands, Ya Rabb, soften the hearts of the children, Ya Rabb, make it easy for them to do their tarbiyah, Ya Rabb, they'll put wisdom in their decisions, let them be soft when softness is desired, let them be strict when strictness is desired, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you keep all of our children and youth in your hifaza, in your protection, Ya Rabb, protect our iman, safeguard our iman, preserve our iman, raise us on the day of judgment in this iman, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we too want to be amongst those people that the day of judgment is the happiest day of our life. Meeting you is the happiest meeting of our life. We too want to be amongst those people, Ya Rabb, that we meet you in such a way that we are smiling upon you and you are smiling, expressing your pleasure upon us. We too want to meet Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in such a way that a long lost child meets their old spiritual father. Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept it from us, Ya Rabb. Grant us that life to live that will, that will end in such a result, Ya Rabb. Ya Rabb, we ask that you honor all the silent du'as of all the women. Answer their heartfelt pleas. Answer their secret cries. Remove their difficulties. Ease their worries. Remove their sorrows. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant them the happiness of deen, the happiness of akhirah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takambal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim. Wa tumbu alayna innaka anta tawabur rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad. وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين آمين